Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. If you are listening live tonight on your PC, uh, you can uh, call in live 914-205-5558. Hello, Eric. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, you guys... <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you guys can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, we also did start our Indiegogo campaign again. If you guys want to check it out, it is in our chat room. If you're listening live, if you're listening to the archive, then we will have it in the comments for the podcast. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have to say. Oh, if you ever want to hit us up in our email, our email is paratruthradio at gmail.com so uh, tonight we are doing our Christmas special and uh, for those of you that have ever listened to the Night Stalkers show probably have a similar idea what's going to be coming up tonight if you haven't then this is all new content for this show Um, we've got Santa Claus, we've got Jesus, we've got the Anti-Claws, um, I'm sure there's a few others in there that I'll, we will probably get to at some point during the show. Um, mm-hmm. Eric had asked our listeners to post questions to us on our Facebook page, which we do have a couple to get to. Um, so let's start with, if anybody out there doesn't know who Santa Claus, Santa Claus is, let's inform them who Santa Claus is, Eric. All right. Well, there are a number of different views as to who Santa Claus is. Obviously, we know that the uh, current rendition of Santa Claus is a big, fat, jolly man uh, who wears a red suit, (laughs) a leather belt, and a red hat and flies around on reindeer. Uh, Nine reindeer, I believe. I can't really remember. (laughs) That's sad. Uh, Well, it's eight reindeer unless you're counting. Eight reindeer. uh, I'm counting Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. He's a big one nowadays, so <laughs> have to count him. Um, <laughs> so, you know, basically it's a fat jolly man that breaks into people's homes. Um, but he doesn't steal stuff except for cookies and milk, which he then leaves gifts behind. Um, kind of a trade-off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he's the bringer of gifts. He, You know, he's... Uh, I guess the way we see him today is he's – it's hard to explain, but actually people really kind of have expressed Santa as almost being godlike in nature per se in the fact that – or in the sense that uh, some believe Santa Claus to be able to know what you're doing at all times. He knows whether or not you're awake or sleeping. He knows if you've been good or bad. Um you know, all characteristics, more or less, of what God is and what he's able to do. So, you know, Santa Claus has been seen as being omniscient, meaning to know all things. Not so much all uh, omnipotent, like God is, all-powerful. But, yeah, Santa Claus is – that's Santa Claus. Big white beard, too, (laughs) typically, in most traditions. Um, (laughs) But the true Santa Claus – is a man that was named St. Nicholas, 
uh, his name was Nicholas, but he was then named St. Nicholas uh, by the church. And he was, he's a rough guy, to be honest. He, he uh, had gotten into fights. You know, he was a man for Christ. He uh, was very strong in his faith. And there was one time, and, you know, I don't know if it's exactly true. Some, some history says it is. Some history says it isn't. Uh, there was a time where St. Nicholas had been, had heard about a man who was preaching against the gospel uh, and against Christ. And he went down, St. Nicholas went down to this tavern to speak with him. And they were talking, and, of course, St. Nicholas pretty much buried him with the truth of uh, who, who Christ was and is and uh, will, will be. And um, it pretty much shut this guy up. After that, St. Nicholas punched the guy and grabbed him by the throat, basically, and threw him out of the tavern and told him to never come back. So he's kind of a rough guy. Who knew but, Santa Claus was such a badass? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, even though he was such an awesome dude in that sense, um, he had a soft spot, and it was for children, especially, and poor children. And every year he would gather gifts because he was a very rich man before he came to Christ. And when he came to Christ, he was still very rich based on the work that he did. Um, and so he had a lot of money, like a lot of money, uh, he had a lot of items, a lot of, you know, things stored up. And he would go out on certain nights, not necessarily Christmas Eve, because I don't know if Christmas Eve was or Christmas Day was established at that point yet. Um, but he would go out and he would give gifts to poor children and to all the children that he came across. Uh, and eventually he became known later on as St. Nick or Santa Claus. And that's basically who Santa Claus is. So, you know, as we all know, we grow up, and of course, I, I know it's a very good possibility that Santa Claus is still alive. It's, you know, he's out there, he's flying around, he's getting ready to <laughs> drop the gifts off for little kids all around the world. Um, but there is truth behind Santa Claus, who he really is. You know, he wasn't always known as right. Santa Claus. Uh, you know, it's really kind of interesting when you think about it to think like, and I know you and I have said it in the past. All legends, all uh, myths have some sort of truth or come from some sort of truth. Right, yeah. And in this case, it is one of those things. And Santa Claus today does the exact same thing that St. Nick did, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. So that's Santa Well, Claus. one of the biggest things to – I mean, I'm a firm believer in Santa Claus, but I believe that Santa Claus, just like we're taught that Jesus lives in all of us, his mm -hmm. spirit, his his uh, lesson to all of us was to always be giving, to always be, uh, be loving and not expect gifts, but always expect to give. This is the time of giving, not the time of receiving. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I mean, growing up is always nice to receive. But once you get to a certain age, you no longer care about what you receive and actually feel better to give the gifts as well. Yeah. For me, personally. Um, and this year, I'm not giving very good gifts because I don't have much money <laughs> to do so. <laughs> but, you know, for all you out there, the gift is heartfelt. It's not, it's not about how much money you spend. Uh, your gift is being in the presence of your family to spend Christmas with them. That's your gift mm -hmm. to them. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like that's not the best thing you could be giving them at this time. <laughs> they may not feel that it's the best gift you could be giving them, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'd be a better gift to leave them alone. <laughs> well, um, um, yeah, the one of the biggest things um, for Santa Claus is it's not just a one cultural thing. It's gone to pretty much almost every country that you know of. Uh, there is some type of legend of Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, Kris Kringle, uh, you you think of a name and it relates to St. Nicholas who who started all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to see if there's other names here that I can find that people call him. Crap. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jolupuki in Finland. What, what, what is it? <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Jolupuki, J-O-U-L-U-P-U-K-K-I. Okay. Uh, Mikulas in Hungary. Uh, oh, these are different... I'm sorry, these are related figures in folklore, not his names. Um, but uh, it says Julu Puki is the original Santa Claus from Finland. Okay. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Yeah, I'm not finding any other names of Santa Claus. You know what's interesting about that is... Um, <clears throat> So many cultures have a similar, um, I guess, person or similar, and you know, in this case, Santa Claus, um, and that kind of goes for pretty much all legends or you know whatever. Right. When you look at the the flood of Noah, you see the same thing in the Muslim religion. You see the same thing in China. You know, you, you see it all over the world. There has, you know, everyone says that there has been a huge flood. Now, depending on how that flood happened and who actually was all involved with that flood, flood has changed uh, between cultures, uh, right. but it's very similar, you know? Right. Okay, and I've got a whole list here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Para Noel in Belgium, Pape Noel in Brazil, Vijo Pasquero, Old Man Christmas is the translation in Chile, uh, Dunche Lauren, Christmas Old Man in China, uh, Cursed Man in Netherlands, it is Jolu Puki in Finland, uh, I'm sorry folks if I'm mispronouncing any of these, these are really weird pronunciations that I've ever seen, uh, it's also Père Noël in France, I think it's most of Europe Père Noël, uh, Germany is Venachman, Christmas Man, uh, Hawaii it's Kana, Kana Kala, oh my God, Kana Kaloka. <laughs> Hungary is uh, Mikulis, Saint Nicholas. Italy is Baba Natali, 
Babo Natalia, sorry. Uh, Japan is Hodiosho, a god or priest who bears gifts. Norway is Julnison, Christmas gnome. Poland is Swidey Mikula, St. Nicholas. Russia is Dead Moroz, Grandfather Frost. Sweden is Jultomten, Brownie, which is a gnome or an elf. And UK, Father Christmas. So some of them are not even the same person. It's just a person who is like St. Nicholas. Mm-hmm. So for every culture, just like you said for the legend of the, the flood, some of them are very similar, but some of them aren't even St. Nicholas. Right. Those of you guys preparing for Christmas, actually right now we're getting close to the end of Hanukkah, so if you are celebrating Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to you. Um, Definitely know who Santa Claus is, not even just the jolly red guy that you see at the mall. Learn about Santa Claus. Learn about just your culture in general what the legend is, what it pertains to, because it's more than just this fat guy that breaks into homes, eats all your cookies and milk, and then leaves presents for your kids. Not even the adults, (laughs) let alone just the children. Um, So it it goes to show that there is so much culture in, in our society, not just here in the United States, but all around the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, um, close that out. I'm trying to think of stuff that will go with Santa Claus other than he leaves presents. What is your earliest memory of Santa Claus for you? Earliest memory? Yeah. Okay, there was this one night. <laughs> I actually remember this very clearly because I was thinking about it like two days ago. Um, in my spare time, I like to fantasize about Santa Claus, the big jolly red suit and everything. No, I'm just, that's messed up. Uh, <laughs> whatever you were into, man, whatever you were into. Oh, God. No, we're not. All right, I often think about this because I still don't know how the heck it was done. And so I'm still trying to figure it out. And I don't even think anyone remembers it very well. Um, but when my sisters and I were kids and like real young, so we were all still in the same room. Um, we had heard bells one Christmas Eve night coming from outside. And so we ran to this, you know, to the uh, window and we're looking around trying to find out what the heck it was. And my mom was with us saying, it's Santa Claus. You got to get to bed. Got to get to bed. So we ended up getting to bed. And the next morning we open our gifts and everything like that. And we go out in the backyard and what do we see? a bunch of hoof prints and sled marks in the snow in the back uh, driveway. And that was by far one of the most surprising, interesting, exciting, you know, things I've ever seen. But to this day, I have no clue who, you know, if it was my parents that did it or neighbors or how it was done or was it really Santa Claus? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the earliest one that I remember. Um, 
Yeah, any earlier than that for a holiday would be Easter, and that's a bad memory. Uh oh. <laughs> Should I go there real quick? <laughs> <laughs> my sister would kill me if I actually said it on air. Although she was really young, so it doesn't matter. But go ahead, say so it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say it anyway. So uh me, Erin, my mom and grandma were were driving to this play for Easter and I remember the play, it was in my mind now it's kinda of creepy because I remember seeing a giant shadow of a rabbit. And so now I kind of being older and after seeing Donnie Darko I got, you know, (laughs) so, um, but I ended up seeing it alone with my mom and grandma because on our way to the play, Aaron wasn't feeling so good and ended up throwing up in the back seat. Um, so we had to turn around and take her home. So that particular Easter wasn't a, uh, very, (laughs) very nice memory for me. Um, but yeah, that's quite a few months away. So get back to Christmas. (laughs) Well, I don't I don't know if I have an earliest memory. I always remember always waking up in the middle of the night and having to go out to having, sorry, having to go out to the Christmas tree to see if Santa had come yet. Uh one of the better memories that I remember was the one year Santa came on the fire um and was giving presents to me, Matt, and Kellen. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one of the better memories I have of it. Whenever I think of Christmas, though, I think of Grandpa Cancellari because he was always, (laughs) as much as he would yell at us about soda and roughhousing and everything else when when we would get together for the holidays, he was always the happiest person, especially on on Christmas and and Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. So whenever I, I think one, of Christmas, that's what yeah. I think of. That's a good one. All the holidays. Mm-hmm. Grandma and grandpa's with the big white tree. Yeah. Um, I remember the one day we were all wrestling in the basement, and grandpa thought that I was your brother. And so he grabbed me and with his, took his belt off and was about to hit me until he realized it was me. <laughs> and uh, not Matthew. So I ran and hit him the <laughs> table for about 30 minutes scared to death um everyone stopped wrestling after that for a while that was a a freaking scary time (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure the belt came out pretty much every time we were housing (laughs) as soon as that as soon as that belt came out, everybody was the perfect angel <laughs> that, that <laughs> Grandpa wanted them to be. All right. Well, I think. Yeah. Hold on, real quick. Am I coming in clearly on that end? Yeah, I end? mean, it's it's a self or you know it's a phone, so it's not as good as right. when you're. Well, yeah, it's not as calling clear. in on the microphone, but yeah, it's okay. Just wanted it's to coming sure. in fine. All right, cool. are you ready for your random fact? Um, he, hold, hold on. <laughs> I got to I got to I got to get it uh, get it here. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. 
I don't have that sound effect. I need to get it. What, what the heck, man? You've been doing this a while. I have one of these. Or this. Oh, board. Did I kill enough time? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm good. I'm ready. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break, but first, here is Eric's random fact of the day. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. Did you know that George Lucas sold his company to Disney? He vowed to donate most of his $4 billion Star Wars wealth to education. He launched his own foundation to improve grades, kindergarten to 12th, because he believes that education is the key to the survival of the human race. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, Oak Tree? Stop. Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like, consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, Turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Ugh, he's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel! Has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent. Brought to you by AdoptUsKids.org. I might look like an adult, like a person who could possibly be a parent, but I have no idea how to talk like one. And everyone knows that if you want to be a parent, you have to sound good when you say things like, Don't make me turn this car around, or Because I said so, or Don't make me come back there. I don't even really know what those things mean. But I know that I actually believed my parents when they said them to me. How did they manage to sound so convincing? Here we go. Don't make me come back there. Oh, no, that's not tough enough at all. Kids can sense weakness. Don't make me come back there. Ooh, yeah, that's better. In fact, that kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to listen to you practice your dad voice. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. Are you ready? Are you prepared? What if some cataclysmic event shook your every foundation? Would you and your family know what to do? My name is Jacqueline Druga, host of the Apocalypse Dennis Show. Join me every Thursday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Prepper Broadcasting Network. PrepperBroadcasting.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, we're there for your survival needs. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, sublimely elegant here as always, and you are listening to Parrot Truth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Parrot Truth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, this is our Christmas special. If you guys are listening live on the computer, you can scroll down to the bottom of your screen there. Join us in our chat room. You can hop on to our Facebook page or Twitter and uh, pose questions there. Eric did encourage you guys to do so uh, in his video this week. And uh, we do have one or two to answer but uh, also hit us up on our guest line, 914-205-5558. We are always encouraging you guys, uh, give us something to talk about. Give us a question to ponder. It's definitely way better than me and Eric just talking back and forth for today, two hours, but usually a half hour. Um, so I figured before – or an hour, sorry. My mind is completely – ball uh balled out for the day uh we had one on our facebook page this afternoon from Geraldine. uh it says uh please tell us about your testimony of your lives before you came to know the lord during and after in a summary so eric i'll give that to you first i had a feeling you were going to do that <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, before and after. <clears throat> All right, so let's, let's get deep. Let's get deep. Um, <laughs> oh, God, we're getting deep? <laughs> uh, don't we always on the show? <laughs> Not really. Deep. It depends. <laughs> it depends what it is. Um, okay, so I officially became saved or born-again Christian in uh, October. Crap! What was it? September? Was it September? I think it was September um, of 2009. It's just yeah. before we but went was, to uh, Scarefest, yeah. It was actually after Scarefest. Um, after Scarefest? Yeah, because all right. So here's a story. <clears throat> so before 2009, and Justin will attest to this, I drink a lot. Um, not like drunk and drinking every day type, but party animal drink every almost every day type. <laughs> well, um, like if we would just to clarify, if we were to go out, me and Eric were always on the impression there's no point in going out to drink unless you're going to get drunk. 
Yes. So that's basically <laughs> where I came from. <laughs> um, <laughs> but besides that, you know, I used to swear a lot. I used to uh, watch and listen to like well, rap music, for example, which is a really bad lyrics and talking <laughs> about things that shouldn't be talked about. Um, so, you know, that, that was one of the big things for me. And then uh, just, just all kinds of that bad stuff. I used to swear a lot. Like every other word would be the F word or sometimes every word would be the F word. Um, and eventually as that time went on, I think I was about 21 or so when I started experiencing demonic activity within my house. And it was right around the time Justin and I, I believe, started the show, uh, the radio show, uh, that it's Night Stalkers. And I started doing mm. a lot of research on demonology. And in particular, I got this book. Some of you out there listening, I'm sure you know it. Um, it's called The Lesser Key of Solomon. Uh, and that's basically a book in which Aleister Crowley had forwarded uh, where King Solomon, after uh, uh, he walked away from the faith in the Lord, he it's theorized, or uh, I'm pretty sure it's historically accurate, that he became so like obsessed with his wisdom, basically, that he learned to conjure up demons and control them using a number of different magical symbols and spells and so on and so forth. Well, in this book, it has all that stuff and the rituals, plus uh, a description of 72 different demons that were conjured up by Solomon. And so I was reading into this, and I read through all 72, and as I was doing this, things started to happen. And it was like, at first it started with these visions, these really weird visions. And uh, it ended up moving into nightmares and the night terrors, and it was so bad to the point where I would be waking up at 3 a.m., sometimes screaming, sometimes sweating, sometimes nauseous, um, just with the images that I would see while sleeping. And then as time continued going on, I started seeing shadows in the room, in my bedroom. I'd feel something late, sit down on my bed, sweep my hair back. Uh, I heard something, you know, breathe on me or felt something breathe on me. Uh, I seen a giant black mass in the hallway that ran away from me when I looked at it. And I actually chased it down thinking it was somebody, you know, a person, but ended up going nowhere uh, except to a room where voices were coming from and there was nobody in there and no TV was on, which was interesting. And eventually I heard growling on the side of the bed as well one night when I was just lying there. Um, all this progressed and I wrote it all down in the journal, every single detail. And Justin and I eventually, after doing the show, we decided to go and we actually invited, I guess, um, to a paranormal convention uh, down in Kentucky. And while we were there, and I believe that was the first time that I had met uh, Justin's friend, Jamie, mm. and we, I showed her this book you know, with all these dreams and stuff. Because she didn't believe that the nightmares that I had and the experience I had were really all that crazy and scary and so on and so forth. So I let her read the book, and she read through it, or at least read through some of it, and she put it down. She's like, holy crap. <laughs> that stuff is dark. That's scary. And so she gave us this, uh, these meditation discs, two of them, and mm -hmm. told us what to do. And it was this whole idea of meditating and 
uh, cleaning our chakras, and then we would go and sit in the rain. Well, it wasn't raining, but we were, it wasn't supposed to be raining. We were supposed to go outside, sit in the grass, barefooted, and um, list off a bunch of, uh, in her words, negative things in our life. And after we'd name off the entire list, we would more or less give it to God and then try to pretend that, like, all the darkness was being pushed to God, and then he would send back this white light to cleanse us. Well, we ended up doing this whole thing, and it was pouring rain outside in the middle of September, and it was freezing. Um, I lifted off everything, and I gave it, put, you know, I lifted it up, and I said, Lord, I put this at your feet. Um, and I asked him to return it to me as white light. But it changed at that moment because I started feeling this excitement within me, you know, this joy that I had never felt before. And I remember the rain stopping and the clouds parting and a bright, like probably the brightest moon that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was a full moon shining down through the clouds onto me, it felt like. And it was almost symbolic in the sense that God was there and he was listening. And so I remember bringing the paper to kind of say, this is never going to affect me again. And at the time we used, uh, what's it called? What's, what's the smudging sticks called? Besides smudging sticks. Uh, white sage. White sage. Yes. We used white sage at the time, uh, which I still have cause it smells really good. Um, <laughs> but the idea of white sage is to clear out any negative spirits within the home. Whether or not that really works, you know, it's, my beliefs have changed now. I don't believe personally that it's the white sage that works, but, you know, some people have to do. Um, but we did that. And then the very next day, I was invited to church uh, by my friend Libby. And I went there and I heard the gospel for the first time, really heard it. And that's when I accepted Christ fully, you know, as Lord and Savior. And now from that time, my whole view on, especially the paranormal, has changed. But my whole worldview in particular changed as well. Um, I don't really, I mean, I'll be honest, I occasionally let a swear word slip here and there. Uh, <laughs> but I don't swear. I drink occasionally, but never, ever, ever do I get drunk. I never allow that. I only have one or two beers. Um, I go to church all the time. Uh, all of the paranormal stuff, I mean, you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, you know my view on the paranormal I bring a Christian aspect to everything um, and shed light on things um, in my view and opinion, which beforehand was not the case at all. In fact, I remember at one point just the discussion, the whole topic of God was an issue to me because before I became saved, I literally hated Christians um, severely at that because I had a lot of friends and neighbors who were Christian and they would constantly, you know, in my view, push and shove Christ. Uh, anime or forced religion, I guess, down my throat. Yeah. Which is interesting because now that I'm a Christian, I see it completely different. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of weird, you know, going from someone who hates Christians and Christianity to becoming a Christian who follows, you know, Christ. Um, so, yeah. And so now here we are doing the, you know, the radio station. My views are different. Everything's pretty much different. Uh, and, doing my best to trust in the Lord and, you know, follow in the faith before and after.
Thank you. Thank you. I'm so honored. <laughs> I was like, why is it so quiet? I have anything else to say. <laughs> well, my story is very similar, almost exact to a T. Uh, I was brought up Protestant. Uh, my, my mom was Protestant. We always went to Protestant churches. My dad was Catholic or is Catholic. I shouldn't say was. They're both still alive. Um, <laughs> and um, went to mass every Christmas and Easter. Uh, after a while, as we got older, that kind of died down. Uh after a few things that happened throughout my life, I started to believe that there wasn't a God or, or higher power. Uh, some would have called me agnostic. Some would have called me atheist. Uh, maybe it was just, I didn't believe that there was a God that would allow things that did happen to happen. Uh, regardless, I had lost my faith uh, for a long time. Really? It was, uh, until around the same time Eric found his again that I found mine. Uh, we were doing the paranormal uh, Night Stalkers radio. We had just started doing... Did we ha- start doing investigations at that point? I think we did, we did a couple were of our... We doing them, I think, and we... Yeah, we'd already yeah. done some... Because we were doing them for the show, and we were doing them in public areas, um, not necessarily in homes or the businesses that we did after our our group got a little bit bigger. Um, one of the biggest things that came out of Eric's quote-unquote uh, stories of drunken misbehavior was the Paranormal Radio Show. One night we were yeah, sitting cool. drinking, and uh, we're like, God, we should do a show about werewolves and vampires and talk about all all the stuff that that happens. And I'm like, all right, tomorrow I'll start looking into it. And I think Eric kind of took it as you're drunk, you're not going to do anything because he's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure. And um, I actually came upon Blog Talk Radio the next day. I'm like, I found the site. It's It's here. You can actually do it. And he's like, okay. So we got everything set up. We got head, or actually, we at that point had the boom mics that Eric still has, mm-hmm. um, and tried to do a professional setup. Unfortunately, most of the time our sound quality was not the best. So uh, we ended up getting headsets, which improved it a little bit. But as you saw in Eric's video, we were working with very older technology even for standards then uh for computers uh today i would say our sound quality has gotten humongously better than when we were first on blog talk uh then we moved to the other network that we were on uh and that's where eric started his show forgotten truth radio after i left night stalkers and uh, I started Parasite Radio on a different network again. Uh, but in that time is where we both found our faiths again. Uh, mine has evolved a little bit more. Uh, I still believe a lot of the Christian beliefs. 
but I also believe other things as well. I believe that not all hauntings are, are demonic in nature. I believe that there is a way for us to either stay on this plane or visit others after we, we pass on, uh, more of a mainstream paranormal view than a Christian worldview or Christian paranormal view. Uh, so my views have strayed a little bit away from the Christian faith up from it, I, I guess you could say, but I still have those core beliefs, um, in Christianity, uh, but that's kind of where my story ends after starting Paratruth Radio again. We have come a long way. Uh, believe it or not, it's already been six months since we've started Paratruth Radio. And wow. our yeah, our following has become very big for us. I mean, Night, uh, Night Stalkers was not as big as Paratruth is right now when we first started. So it's, it's definitely very encouraging to, to see that uh, we've grown way past the night stalker phase because uh, <laughs> the night stalker phase was not uh very family oriented, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that's, kind of in a nutshell my story as well i love doing what we do paratruth radio is definitely an evolved version of night stalkers uh as well as forgotten truth and parasite radio it's a completely different mm -hmm. entity altogether uh even though eric has his views and i still have mine that are completely on the opposite sides of the spectrum uh we can actually talk to each other about it instead of just relying on our listeners as well, which we do encourage everybody to participate. Uh, but it's, it's almost relieving to have somebody who has a completely different view to weigh the pros and cons of, of each view and be like, dude, what do you think this is? Or what is the Christian view on this? Because my view is completely different or it's similar, but not on a Christian standpoint. It's more of a mainstream paranormal view. So I, I don't know the, the Christian standpoint for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, God, we're almost already at an hour. I knew this was going to be a, <laughs> an interesting episode and next week will be just as interesting. Um, just to touch really fast before we take our next break and before we get into uh, anti-claws and uh, all that, because one of the biggest things Christmas is about is the birth of Christ. Uh, anybody who who believes in Christmas or celebrates Christmas understands that's where the belief comes from. Um, and maybe you can shed some light on this uh because I honestly am not 100% on it. Where did believing in Christ and celebrating the birth of Christ go into uh, giving presents and believing into a fat guy that can poof into your house and leave presents? Where did that all like intertwine with each other? Do you know where that all started? 
You know, I really don't know where that all started exactly. And honestly, I didn't even think about looking it up because I probably should have. Um, <laughs> I mean, I get, but, I get like the whole St. Nicholas thing and he, he helped uh, mm-hmm. bring joy to kids. And that's why St. Nicholas is Santa Claus. And that's why he's a part of the birth of Christ because the Christ would have saw this, this mm. great person and, Obviously, if you're a Catholic, made him a saint and made him basically mm-hmm. one of the guys, sort of. Um, but uh, it's honestly, to me, became way become way too much commercialized and believing more in Santa Claus than it is believing in Jesus Christ or Christianity or God or any of that. So, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know if you knew or had ever yeah. researched it through Absolutely. your your schooling. Sometimes it takes a moment. Sometimes I'll say no, I don't know, and then I know. So thank you for talking for a little bit there. And then <laughs> go through all the information in my mind and be like, oh, there it is. I don't know why that's there right now. It's like um, a computer. It takes a while for a c- couple computers to yeah, yeah, pull up like the file PC that they need. <laughs> Um, and then sometimes it's there and it just freezes and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> right. ah, ah. <laughs> Hence why if we say, uh, it's like, we've got that thought, it's right there. And we're just trying to process where it's coming from. Yeah. We're trying to click play. It's just not working. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So there's several things. First and foremost, Jesus was born. He was and is the gift to the world. He came to die for the sins of men and women, you know, of all people. So Jesus has been seen as a gift, the gift of light. Uh, But also, when Jesus was born, there were men known as the Magi. Uh, Some call them the three kings. They saw the... uh, uh, the star in the sky, and they decided to follow. I'm sorry, I heard. Sorry, I hear some weird cat sound in the other room, and I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Concentrate on the show. Don't worry about the cat. Yes. Okay. Got it. Well, it sounded really bad, so I was about to. Oh. I don't know if someone getting killed. Um, <laughs> All right, so there's these wise men who saw the stars, <clears throat> who saw the star, the North Star, uh, also known as the Star of Bethlehem, and they followed it. And when they came to where, underneath to where the star stood in the sky, they found baby Jesus. And they had with them gifts. Each of them had a, a gift. Uh, and actually there's some believe that there were only three that showed up. Others believe that a whole group of people showed up, which would make more sense, actually, when you look into the history of how those people traveled. Uh, But they came with a number of different gifts, and that kind of took place, uh, or I guess is uh, the forerunner or the base of why we give gifts today. Because not only was Jesus a gift to mankind, but the wise men brought gifts to the Lord. And so we follow in the same tradition by bringing gifts to little children and presenting them before them. Uh, so yeah, that's the simple answer. I'm sure well, I was, 
<laughs> I mean, most most people, whether they're Christian or or whatever faith they are, understand what the birth of Christ was and uh, what Christmas kind of stands for. Um, it's just most people don't like most people get into the Santa Claus aspect of it and and buying presents for everybody over understanding why we celebrate it. Well, I mean, when you look at it, so Christmas is supposed to be a day in which we celebrate the birth of Christ. But not everyone is Christian. So over time, right. yeah, it became very commercialized. We had to replace Jesus with Santa Claus. That's why he, you know, Santa Claus is omniscient. He knows all things because Jesus, you know, it has been said that he knows all things because Jesus is, was God um, in the flesh. So, and we read through the scriptures that there are times that Jesus knew what someone was thinking, and he would answer them before they even said anything to anybody. Uh, you know, Jesus just knew things that were going to happen. He knew he was going to die. He knew when he was going to die. He knew how everything was going to take place when it was going to take place. Uh, so Jesus was omniscient, um, and he was very obviously omnipotent, too, here on earth, as he is in heaven, because he, you know, performed so many miracles. He commanded the uh, storm when they were on the Sea of Galilee, he commanded the storm to stop, uh, and, and it ceased. Uh, he commanded Lazarus to rise from the dead after he had been dead for several days. And sure enough, this dead guy comes to life, and he's perfectly you know, restored. Uh, so yeah, Jesus was omniscient. He was omnipotent here on earth as he is in heaven. So Jesus was God and is God. And so people ended up replacing that view and making it Santa Claus because it would make more sense and easier, I guess, for those who are non-Christian but still wanted to celebrate the holiday and have all the, you know, the presents and the fa-la-la-la-la stuff and whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah. Fa-la-la-la-la stuff. Fa-la-la-la-la. Yeah, you know. But that's my way of saying blah, 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 but only in Christmas. Fa-la-la-la-la-la. Well, one thing I just came across, which I, I've never heard this before, uh, it's from Wikipedia. It says, in addition, several closely related and often interchangeable figures known as Santa Claus, Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, and Christkind uh, are associated with bringing gifts to children during the Christmas season and have their own body of traditions and lore. So Christkind is another name for Santa Claus mm -hmm. in some, in some uh, areas, which right. to me would be basically saying Christ-like or something mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, Which would make sense, because as a Christian, you know, uh, someone who follows the Christian faith and follows Christ, we are told through Scripture to be Christ-like. Um, obviously, we can't be Christ. We can't be God. But we're supposed to be as, I guess, righteous and faithful as we can be in the way that we act, the way that we talk, and the way that we present ourselves. And Giving to the poor is one of them, one of the things that we're commanded to do. You know, to take care of children is another one. So, yeah, you know, seeing St. Nicholas give to children, it's very Christ-like, because that's what Jesus did. He'd always give to the children. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, folks, that's where the road went from celebrating the birth of Christ to Santa Claus. Um, mm -hmm. All right, uh, I think we'll take another quick break. You're listening to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio, and we will be right back in just a few minutes. Hello, everybody. Sublimely Elegant here, as always, and guess what? 
I know you. Well, no, we've never met, but I do know you. I know you love Minecraft. I know you love the internet. Now, I also happen to know you love colorful language. So, instead of moping around all day, why don't you head on over to my channel and satiate your deepest needs. YouTube.com forward slash Sublimely Elegant. Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In English, I learned that I make people sick. And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we have been doing our Christmas special talking about the big fat man, Santa Claus. We talked about a little bit about uh, Jesus' birthday, why we celebrate, as well as how did it go from celebrating the birth of Christ to big old fat Saint Nick in his jolly red suit giving presents to, to kids. Uh, we also answered one of Gerilyn's questions, and uh, we did have another one, which I will pull up here which was uh how do you deal with anti-christmas people both secular atheists and christians um i'll take my view on this first eric so that way i'll give you a okay. break and make you think a minute uh cool honestly i i really don't care what faith anybody is uh if people want to wish me happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa then I will say thank you, same to you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Again, I will say Merry Christmas. 
most people that are against a a holiday about loving and giving, which they all have their reasons, that's their view and that's their opinion, and I can appreciate and understand that. Uh, but uh, to down talk a holiday where it's supposed to be about peace on earth and goodwill towards men and then basically tell people you shouldn't do that you shouldn't celebrate christmas um i don't care what your view is on that even as an atheist i was still celebrating christmas i i maybe didn't believe that there was a god or had my questions about god but i still came together with my family gave presents, gave joy to my family as well as accepted it from them and um, just celebrated. Uh, if people can't get past, because a lot of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, a lot of Christians, at least um, ones that have come to a lot more understanding, know that there are pagan uh things that have been uh, brought into Christmas and all that, and they believe that that's why we shouldn't celebrate Christmas, because the Catholic faith and Christianity have adapted a little bit of paganism into Christmas. Is that what a lot of people that naysay Christmas are upset about? or No, um, it's more so that uh, the pagan holiday that was actually around first before Christmas. Christmas didn't come until um, I don't know exactly the time, but a little after Christ's death, uh, a few years after Christ's death, I believe. Right. Uh, the original pagan holiday was known as Saturnalia, uh, which was a Roman festival, an ancient Roman festival, which honored the deity of Saturn, and it was held between December seventeenth. And December 23rd, 5th of December, uh, they celebrated something known as the birthday of the unconquerable sun. Now, back then, uh, after Christ's death, Christians sent, you know, set out to change the world, you know, to, to influence the world with Christ and uh, teach people the gospel and bring them to the Lord. One of the ways that they did that and was... Uh, to try to snuff out pagan influence uh, because the pagan influence was very wicked. You know, a lot of sexual immorality, murder, sacrifice, so on and so forth, which was completely against uh, the Christian faith and what Christ taught, which was, you know, basically don't give in sexual morality, uh, no sacrificing, you know, no murder, so on and so forth. And so the best way to do that was to snuff out the pagan influence. And one way to do that was to take, a holiday or make a holiday, uh, in this case, Christmas, celebrate Christ's birthday on a pagan holiday or near a pagan holiday. That way pagans would associate, uh, I guess, the birth of Christ in a sense with their holiday and eventually it would change over time. Um, so when they celebrated the birthday of the unconquerable son, they could really be celebrating the birthday of the unconquerable son, S-O-N, as opposed to S-U-N. Um, mm. and really, you know, celebrate Christ and his birth. Now, of course, none of us really know when Christ was born 
it's not written in the scriptures. There's nothing written about it. We know where he was born. That's about it. Um, you know, some people have speculated and have certain idea of when he was born, but no one knows for sure. So the best thing we could do, and you know, we do this with, you know, there's there's plenty of people who've been born and they we don't know their birthdays because they've been adopted. You know, and we don't know, so we give them a birthday. Uh, and we do the same thing with animals. We don't know when certain creatures are born. We give them a birthday. And so we do the same thing here. We didn't know when Jesus was born, but we wanted to celebrate his birth because because of his birth, we earned salvation or gained salvation uh, after 33 years. Uh, and so they ended up doing that on December 25th to coincide or uh, to take over uh, the pagan holiday. And so people think today that because Christmas takes place on the same day as a pagan holiday, Christmas is and should be considered a pagan holiday. Um, as simple as that. It should be considered a pagan holiday. Um, and that's where the pagan influence comes from. So people just think, well, hey, since they're the same day, it's obviously pagan and has nothing to do with Christ. Because they don't believe that worshiping and believing in Christ and believing that it's his birthday we're celebrating doesn't matter. Because no matter what, you're celebrating a pagan holiday. And that's where the issue comes in. All right. Well, now let's pull your view into it on how, how not necessarily how to deal with people, but uh, your your view on it and how how to maybe not worry so much about what other people mm-hmm. are, are saying. All right. Um, well, it's all about the faith in Christ. You know, when you have your faith in something, that something becomes real, that someone becomes real. So if you go into Christmas thinking it's a pagan holiday and you believe it's a pagan holiday, then yes, you're going to celebrate a pagan holiday because that's your mindset. But if you go into December 25th believing that that's the day Christ was born, at least the day you were celebrating Christ's birth, and that's the day that uh, he came into this world and gave hope to mankind and to the world, then you're celebrating Christmas, you know, the Christian aspect of Christmas. And there's absolutely nothing pagan about it. Um, when you look at a Christmas tree, you know, some people think that the Christmas tree is a pagan uh, symbol, but it's not. A Christmas tree uh, represents in Christianity the tree in which Christ died. In other words, a cross, because crosses were carved from trees. Um, you know, and, and on top of that, and I don't know the great details on this, but back when the uh, uh, trying to think what it's called, <laughs> um, uh, I, I can't even think what it's called, but um, the <laughs> you're a jerk. <laughs> uh, um. I just keep wanting to think of kingdom because I can't think of the word. Uh, but the the giant building, this is terrible. The kingdom that Solomon built for God. Um, the, the Babylon Tower? No, not the no, 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 not the tower. Oh my goodness! <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh God. Sometimes I just go completely blank when I'm talking to everybody. Um, 
when King Solomon built the temple, the oh, temple okay. one of the things that the temple had was images and actually had trees within the temple that were decorated and lighted. Uh, and you can actually read that through scripture um, that he had these trees in and they were all had lights on them. So the tree represent the Christmas tree represents Christianity in a number of different ways. So in regards to this thought, you know, how do we talk to, deal with, or work with people who, you know, believe this holiday to be a pagan holiday as opposed to a Christian one? You know, it all comes down to one belief. If you believe it's a pagan holiday, don't celebrate it. It's that simple. But as a Christian, we see it, even though we're not commanded to celebrate it, we see it as a day in which we give thanks to the Lord uh, for providing Jesus to come and save us uh, from our sins, to allow us to enter heaven one day when we die. Uh, but I do have a question that might help, um, and I'd like to pose this to, especially to the Christians who don't necessarily believe uh, that Christmas is a good holiday um, or believe it's evil. <clears throat> My question to those people is, do you celebrate your birthday? Because let's face it, we all celebrate our birthday. Uh, it's the day that we you know, find great pride and joy in because it's the day we were born, you know, it's the day that God gave us life. But when you really look at your birth, the scriptures tell us that all man is born in sin. So as a baby infant, we're sinners. We're evil. You know, we're, we're destined for hell. Which means that if we celebrate our birthday every single year, we're technically celebrating evil every single year. So what makes that any different than celebrating, you know, or thinking, I guess, if you celebrate Christmas, you don't necessarily, you don't celebrate it as evil. You celebrate it as a, as a great time uh, in remembrance of Christ. And so we do the same thing. It's a great remembrance of our life, you know, when we celebrate our birthday. So I'm just saying, like, if you're not going to celebrate Christmas, you may as well not celebrate your birthday. Because both come from a rooted, I guess, in some kind of evil. Hence paganism, uh, where it's derived, not derived from, but what it's, where it's been placed over, I guess. Right, right. I have yeah. a hard time explaining that. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but then, you know, it's the same thing with birth, because, you know, we're all born evil, so we're celebrating ourselves. But um, that's just something for some Christians that isn't an evil holiday by any means. It, you know, it's not supposed to be. But if you believe it to be, then, yeah, you know, it's wherever your faith is, what you believe, you know, where you stand. But you shouldn't be going around telling other Christians, hey, you shouldn't be celebrating this holiday. That's not because very that's Christian it. of somebody to be. No, doing and it's very disrespectful. Yeah, it's very disrespectful. It's just like, like if this person wakes up Christmas morning and says, "Today is the day that my Lord and Savior was born," then they're truly worshiping and um, celebrating the birth of Christ. And you're basically telling them not to do that, you know, as someone who doesn't believe in the holiday. So you know, it's, it's just unfortunately people are very opinionated. Opinionated, um, and they want everyone to follow their personal beliefs. You know, that's what it is, and that's the way it always has been, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, you know, for, for those who feel oppressed by other people, whether they're you know fellow Christians or non-Christians, who are telling you not to follow uh, the holiday and not to celebrate it, simply pray about it. You know, if you believe that it's the ce- holiday that celebrates Christ's birth, God's glory, you know, celebrate it. Because he's celebrating with you. So 
and I think that's very well put. Uh, the the holiday is going to be whatever you choose to believe it is. I mean, <laughs> and that's 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 all it comes down to. So very well put. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you got the applause twice already, man. You're going I pretty know. strong. I'm on a, I'm on a roll. <laughs> oh no, the Ric Flair. Wait a second. Oh god. I didn't even think about that. Take that back. I never I never did that. Yeah, you did. It's recorded now. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well now that we are past the one hour or almost uh getting close to the end of the show here we're 50 minutes left uh we're gonna talk a little bit about krampus who is also known as the anti-clause and me and eric had never heard about this before until watching an episode of supernatural and they're talking about the anti-clause and this demonic type creature that was the complete opposite of santa claus um Krampus is a, a horned anthropomorphic figure. If you don't know what the anthropomorphic means, it means that he can take on any form. Uh, according to traditional narratives around the the figure, Krampus punishes children during the Christmas season who have, who had misbehaved in contrast with St. Nicholas, who rewards well-behaved ones with gifts. So not Santa Claus giving coal, but he would use Krampus to punish the, the bad ones and give gifts mm-hmm. to the good ones. Which for those of you out there who listened to my car ride video today, uh, I had mentioned that there's renditions in which Santa Claus walked around with a demon as opposed to an elf. And here we are talking about it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, it, to this day in, in Germany, it's still a part of, of Christmas. Uh, traditional parades in which young men dress as Krampus such as the Krampusloth, uh, or mm-hmm. translation meaning Krampus Run, uh, occur annually in some Alpine towns. Uh, Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Carton, or the Krampus Card. Uh, so th- this is still a, a huge part of culture for, for Germany, um, and it dates back to uh Germanic paganism. Uh this this creature was actually around pre Christian traditions uh and was adopted just like other uh things that people believe that Christianity uh, adopted from paganism. This was another one of those things that was adopted during in Germany and in Austria as well it looks like. Did I lose Eric? I lost Eric. So we'll wait for Eric to come back here. Um, so yeah, this dates back to to paganism and and pre-Christian beliefs here. Uh, let's see here. There are pictures on on the Wikipedia page here for Krampus that show the Krampus parade uh, in Porsche M. 
Verthersee, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize, in twenty in twenty thirteen. In twenty thirteen. So not too far from from this year. Andy's back. Yes I am. So um That's not what I wanted. Welcome back, everybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, Krampus dates back to to pagan beliefs as well. So um, I I know that we've talked about this. What are some of the things that you have read on good old Krampus or Krampus, however you pronounce his name? Yeah. Um, well, there's a number of different views or things that I've read. And I remember um, some of the things that we've talked about back in 2009, uh, or no, 2008, when we first did the Christmas episode. Um, and that one, you know, I don't know if you mentioned it, I might have, might have mentioned it when I lost co- uh, connection here, uh, but he walks around with a staff. Uh, and he uses his staff to beat children that are that are you know. Oh no, considered... I didn't mention that part. Okay, so yeah, he walks around with a, a wooden staff, and he will beat the children who are considered or on the naughty list, if you will, who are considered not good children. Um, but it goes beyond that because I believe, and I could be mistaken. I look, I tried looking for it, and uh, I, I yeah, I had trouble finding it. But I do remember reading it on some of the paperwork we had back in 2008, and it. It claimed that one of the legends or theories behind this anti-clause was that it actually ate children as well. Um, yeah, I do really, remember that part of it. Yeah, so that's a very interesting one, um, and that's why honestly, that's probably the that's the one I remember most vividly because I'm just like that's yeah, but there's really no other word words to use. <laughs> 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 um. However, you know, like, I guess some uh, regional variations have shown this Krampus or this Antichrist to be more of a humorous thing than a fearsome one. Uh, and how exactly it does that, I don't know. It's just something that, you know, I came yeah. across. Um, and it doesn't really give any details as to why it's considered um humorous. Perhaps it's just the way, you know, we all know how children are these days. They don't yep. care anything. Um, but uh, <clears throat> besides that, yeah, I don't really have much uh, on the anti-clause. Not, not like, I, you pretty much said most of it, honestly. Well, um, and just to give you guys a little bit of an idea what Krampus is supposed to look like, and this is through the different cultures that, that uh, believe in and Krampus or Krampus, uh, he's hairy, usually brown or black, and has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. So basically, what you would think of if you think of a demon, right? And he's also got a long, pointed tongue, or sometimes it shows a split tongue. Again, mm-hmm. also uh, a demonic type creature that that. Uh, it it's supposed to look like and looking at these pictures from the the festivals in Germany i mean there's one that says a modern krampus at 
uh, Perschenloff in Glagenfurt, and that was in 2006. And this thing looks something straight out of a Halloween horror movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they've definitely in, uh, intertwined this being with, with their celebration of Christmas. Um, also, it also goes into the Krumpish Knot, uh, which is basically translation, uh, translation Krampus Night. Uh, the Feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated in parts of Europe on December 6th. In Alpine countries, uh, St. Nicholas has a devilish companion named Krampus, which we've gone over. On the preceding evening, which is Krampus Night, or Krampus Not, uh, the hairy devil appears on the streets, sometimes with St. Nicholas, sometimes by himself, visiting homes and businesses. The saint usually appears in the eastern rite vestments of a bishop, and he carries a ceremonial staff. Unlike North American versions of Santa Claus in these celebrations, St. Nicholas concerns himself only with the good children, not the bad ones, while Krampus is responsible for the bad. Nicholas dispenses gifts while Krampus supplies coal and rutin. I'm not sure what rutin is. Bundles. Um, so it's gone past Krampus beating the crap out of kids to giving them coal and not so good mm-hmm. treats. You know, it's very interesting because, you know, this whole idea of Santa Claus and Krampus, um, it's very similar to the, uh, I guess, the commercialized version of God and the devil. Um, Right. You know, a lot of people figure, oh, God deals with good people, the devil deals with the bad, which isn't the case at all, and that's a whole other topic altogether. Episode, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, and even looking at the images and what you just said about what uh, the Krampus looks like, you know, he looks like a black goat with these hoods and so on and so forth. When you look at Satanism and you look at the pictures they have, there's one in particular. And, you know, some of you, everyone's, I think, pretty much seen this photo. And this photo, uh, it's known as the goat of Mendes, or in other words, the Samet, um, which is a symbol of Satanism. And basically this goat head, you know, with the long horns, uh, and what appears to be almost a woman-like body, black wings and hoofs, as well as a tail in some images, and has a star on its head. Just Basimus, which is more or less this uh, deity of Satanism, uh, is very similar to Krampus. To Krampus. And <clears throat> it's just kind of weird how similar they are because everything kind of correlates in one sense or another in regards to this good evil type thing um so i found that pretty interesting and you can probably look up the images yourselves uh out there in internet land especially listening to the radio right now because safety you're online so check it out um yeah man this i'm sorry I'm, I'm a little like I'm looking at this this picture here, <laughs> the 1900s greeting card <laughs> for uh, the greetings from the campus. Yeah. Do you, have you seen this greeting card? This this photo um, on this card. Oh yeah, yeah. Gruß von Krampus. Yeah, greetings from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, look at that picture. There's that poor little boy. 
<laughs> you know, this is interesting. There's this poor little boy, you know, on, the, on this, what is it, a log. Looks like he's having the worst time of his life, which would make sense because there's this demon with its claws on its head and it's what appears as bad. Yeah. And he's opening his mouth. Looks like he's about to eat him. Then you have this little girl who's just all nonchalant, like, oh, this is my, you know. This well, is she's bottle. the good one because she's got the apples and the presents. Well, the book is Yeah, the apples and the presents. Almost the looks like he's presents. being molested by Krampus, but that's it's, just it really my does. It's like, what the heck? And what, is the, what are these chains by his feet? Look at those. What the heck? These are the gift cards, or the greeting cards, I mean, that people would give out you know, at Christmas yeah. time. In the 1900s, that that's creepy. Um, <laughs> and I've posted the the Wikipedia link for you guys to to look at a couple of these uh, pictures that people have posted in in the Wikipedia um, explanation of Krampus. Uh, because it, I mean, just in general, these these things are very very disturbing. Um. <laughs> Let alone, you know, the greeting card that you would give to a family member. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the greeting card that Justin and I would give to each other because we're weird and creepy sometimes. Right. But, you know, you don't give that to your neighbor. That's Here you go, Eric. You. Greetings from Krampus. <laughs> Yay. I'm going to go burn this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I think we'll take one last break here. Uh, you guys are listening to the Christmas episode of Paratruth Radio. Uh, if you want to join us in our chat room and you're listening on a computer, you can just scroll down to the bottom there and uh, get into our chat room and just give us a little holler. If you have any questions, not even Christmas questions, any questions you guys would like to know from us, uh, just give us a holler. You can also call in 914-205-5558. And you can also hop on our Facebook and Twitter page, and uh, we'll take a look at them there as well. Uh, We will be right back in just a couple minutes. Thank you. 
Folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio right here on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, we've been doing our Christmas episode here. We've covered Santa Claus. We've covered the Anti-Claus. We've call, covered Jesus and Jesus' birthday. Uh, we've covered our questions that we got asked. And uh, we've covered some memories that uh, we have from Christmas's past. Uh is there any other memories that you want to share with our our listeners from Christmas's past or even uh just uh winter's past? Um hmm. Well, I guess the other ones which maybe a lot of I'm sure a lot of people can relate to is having our dogs around Christmas morning because not only do they try to open everybody else's gifts, <laughs> but they completely destroyed their gifts. And it's fun seeing, like, I always love seeing, like, Thunder, Tracker, and Angus, because um, they do the best, have always did the best job at opening gifts. <laughs> they're pro, they're, they were pros, they're pro gift openers. They'd have a <laughs> gift open in, like, three seconds, and whatever is in it would be devoured in less than one second. And we'd be waiting for the next gift. But that's why, that's something that I like a lot. Uh, like I, I guess memories. You know, thinking of three dogs, yeah, them around. <clears throat> uh, but there's a lot of other ones. You know, like us all wearing uh, the Christmas hat or Santa Claus hats. You know, uh-huh. Christmas. Uh, there, there's one in particular. Uh, if you, there's actually a picture that I have around somewhere. It might be on Facebook. You, me, and your brother sitting around the table here at this house, each of us wearing either Santa... I, I might have been the Browns hat, uh, Santa Claus hats. Well, I, I know for sure I Matt was wearing the, wearing the brown Santa Claus yeah, hat. So, so I was probably been, wearing a regular Santa Claus hat. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's... Yeah, it, I have to look it up here. Um, that's... I remember that, that day, actually. And that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, um, what about you? It's funny that you brought up the dog thing because uh, Shelly, my girlfriend, will has told me uh, that her dog uh, 
Chetto will know what presents are hers just by the smell. She'll come back to them several times just to make sure that they're hers. And I've heard stories of her sneaking presents out from not even underneath the tree, but where they were hid by her mother because uh, her dogs stay with her parents a lot um, mm-hmm. and bring it out from the hiding spot to ask if she could open it, like bring it out <laughs> and kind of just nonchalantly lay down with the present in her mouth. So um, it's kind of funny that uh, it's kind of gone a little bit beyond giving to children and to, to even to adults, but also giving to, and and the one mm-hmm. the the animals that we we love, so it's kind of mm-hmm. funny to to see that. Um, oh yeah, I mean my dogs love Christmas, and you could see the joy in their eyes and on their face and in their tails when Christmas time came around. Yeah, because like you know animals know when it's Christmas or a pets do, you know, and they get excited because they know what's, what's ahead. And it's yeah, cool to see. <laughs> and for those people out there that say animals don't have feelings they really do i mean there's no doubt in my mind i agree so uh, one of the biggest memories for me is um from more recent times just being at your house and uh christmas eve to eat dinner and just be happy with everybody and even going to my mom's side of the family, it's always a a treat to see everybody. Even seeing the little ones now, it, it's almost, it boggles my mind that my brother and sister have children now. It, it really does. Um, mm-hmm. And my my brother is an awesome dad, and my my sister, I'm sure, is, will be an awesome mom and is an awesome mom um, from my understanding she handled her delivery quite well so i'm i know she's prepared for it um so just seeing the evolution from when we were kids to us sharing that with our little ones is probably the, the most amazing thing I, I i can think of nowadays it's um it's really joyous to to see all of that now mm-hmm. and growing up it was kind of hard to see that that uh future for us i mean nobody really thinks oh i'm going to grow up and have kids and you know you're going to have those right. christmas times with your kids but right um, I'm trying to think of a specific time more recently, even though I haven't been home for the holidays in a couple years now. Um, that would bring a lot of memories back for me. There, I mean, honestly, I always remember spending time either at grandma and grandpa cancellaries and then at grandma and grandpa Schultz's or my aunt Barb's. Um, Mm -hmm. and then through the years at your guys's house and my aunt Barb's, um, 
and just everybody just getting together just to to be together and celebrate the time and I don't think I would ask for anything other than those times again. Yeah. Oh, and um I'm trying to think of if there's any other memories I can come up with. I I don't think so. Um We've got roughly little less than a half hour left. Um, Not to go into the long term of it, but since we are talking about Christmas and we kind of went into why it went from the birth of Christ to the uh, giving gifts and big old fat Saint Nick, um, why don't you go kind of tell the whole story uh, of the birth of Jesus Christ and and uh how we came to celebrate this this holiday. <clears throat> okay. Um Oh, goodness. <laughs> so much stories. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough um, to last maybe 10 15 minutes let's keep it yeah. a little cut okay. down <laughs> <laughs> all right so well my computer's about to die um <clears throat> so once upon a time no so <laughs> there's this long gene- genealogy uh before Christ and it's basically every single father from Abraham through David, all the way to Jesus. Um, well, father and son, I should say. So this father and this son had this son. This son became a father and had this son. This son became a father, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, from Abraham all the way to Jesus. And uh, that's kind of how the story begins. And we come to the present day, a little over 2,000 years ago, where Joseph and Mary are engaged, uh, per se, to be married. But one day an angel of the Lord comes to Mary in a dream and he says, uh, I'm going to give you a gift and you're going to bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means Lord with or God with us. Um, well, when she wakes up, when, jo- when Joseph wakes up, she comes to Mary comes to him and says, you know, I'm going to give birth to a baby. And of course, Joseph, you know, he's kind of freaking out because he thinks that she cheated on him and that she had relations with someone else and that she, you know, was impregnated. But she was trying to say that, uh, explain to him that the Holy Spirit came down upon her and placed the baby within her. And hence it's God's child, per se. Um, And this all had to be done so that a virgin birth uh, would happen. And the reason being is because sin is passed down from one, you know, from, I guess, male. It's passed down from the male. This is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> it, that's like a huge theology thing. Uh, it goes really deep. But uh, Joseph decides he's going to divorce Mary. Um, he's going to do it very quietly because he's a stand-up guy and he doesn't want to shame her because back in those days, if he was to divorce her publicly and people knew about it and, you know, they, you know, back then you would only divorce someone 
uh, if they uh, were unfaithful toward you, well, that woman would be put to death for being unfaithful. So he decided, you know, I'm going to do it very quietly so no one knows. So right before he decides to divorce her, an angel of the Lord comes to him as well. And some depict this angel as being Gabriel. And in the scriptures, I believe uh, some scriptures anyway, uh, depending on how it's translated, it is Gabriel that comes to them. And he tells Joseph, you know, do not divorce this woman for she, the, the child that she conceives is of God. And he lets him know, you know, basically lets Joseph know that she did not, uh, she was not unfaithful to you, but this is the virgin birth. And he tells Joseph to take her, um, I believe, to Nazareth to give birth, which is why they say that Jesus, call him Jesus the Nazarene. Um, right. And so they end up going to Nazareth to get away from King Herod, who finds out that there's this uh, child about to be born that's supposed to grow up and become king. And he doesn't want any part of that. So he sends out his men to slaughter everyone under the age of two, every firstborn male under the age of two. Uh, and when that happens, Joseph takes Mary and they go to Bethlehem. And that, and the, the story might be a little, it's hard going back and thinking the story without reading the scriptures for me sometimes. <laughs> um, but they go to Bethlehem and that's where Jesus is born. And he's born not very peacefully, because a lot of people think, oh, this is, just, you know, Jesus, the Son of God, is being born, so it's probably, the baby's probably, like, really quiet, you know, and it's probably, right. like, a painless birth, and so on and so forth. But given the times, you got to remember, there were no medications, you know, to, to you know, like, no pain blockers or anything like that. Right. Uh, so she had to give birth in a, basically in a hole, uh, in this concrete cavern, more or less, uh, where there were really, it was probably really cold and there was nothing but hard surface and it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible um, thing that you would have had to go through back then when giving birth. Um, and when she gives birth to this child, name's Emmanuel, God with us. And, you know, many people claim, say that he was born in a manger, which actually isn't true. He wasn't born in a manger uh you know, when you think about him being, um, I guess, under this giant wooden, um, yeah. you know, tarp, and it had all this, uh, this, the straw and everything like that, and that's not actually true. And it's much more, uh, I guess, uncomfortable than that. <laughs> uh, they were in this this really dark room. Um, <clears throat> it was really like I said, it was really cold, and people would have had to come and stand outside because the room was just too small. And some of those people were the three wise men who saw the star of Bethlehem and followed it. And when they got there, they provided uh, or presented gold, frankincense, and myrrh to baby Jesus for a number of reasons. One, those three gifts were often given to royalty when they were born. And they heard from the angel of, uh, you know, the angel of the Lord that the king would be born and that his name would be Jesus. And so they go there and they present him with the gifts of royalty because he's born a king. He's God. He's, he is a king. Um, but another thing about that, which is interesting, and not many people know this, but frankincense and myrrh are, uh, are they're like uh, 
Oh, it's like the an aroma. They're using perfumes and anointing oils back then. Um, but in particular, right. they're used at burials, and they're used to basically they would they would pour the dead body, they pour oil on this dead body of frankincense and myrrh, so that the decom- decomposition of the body wouldn't you know stink up the place as bad. They they'd have this frankincense and myrrh to help uh, conceal the smell of rotting flesh. Oh. And this whole gift giving of the frankincense of myrrh and myrrh were kind of like a uh, I guess an indication to what would happen to Christ. Uh, it, it was a forecoming of his death uh, on the cross, <clears throat> uh, which is very, you know, interesting. Because when you look through the Bible, there's so many prophecies. And you learn throughout the Bible that all of the prophecies that were made have come true. And this is yet another one that is has been made is then shown and then eventually, you know, takes place in his death. Um, <clears throat> well, let me ask this, not to cut you off, but where did the, yeah. the manger come from if that's not what really happened? Uh, again, it's just one of those things where people... Well, to make it so that it wasn't you know, so like gruesome? It's like, yeah, you know, in a sense, to, to make it a little more lighthearted. Um, you know, and some believe that there was a manger, and, and you know, and depending on the manger, you know, when you think of a manger, you think of like this cradle with straw in it, more or less. Um, right. So it's very comfort placing. That you know, that may be true, but there were all these people, like animals, necessarily all around. They weren't in this like beautiful setting. You know, it wasn't a very uh, clean setting, even though it right. seems it to look that clean. way in the nativity scene and everything like that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it was. It's just something that you know someone at some point came up with to make it a little lighter, I guess. And uh, we see the same thing with like, and this is going back even further with Noah's Ark. How often do we see or depict Noah's Ark as being this, you know, this giant ark with two leech animal on it, and it's all, you know, they're all smiling and it's happy go lucky. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, if you wanted to depict the true uh, flood of Noah's Ark. Not only would you have these animals and people on the ark, but you'd have dead floating bodies and dead floating animals around the ark, yeah, to make it more realistic because that's what it was. It was a horrifying time. It was gruesome. It was gross. There's all these bloated bodies floating around from uh, the drownings. Um, but you know, people have to make it more lighthearted for whatever reason because they don't want to scare their children. And unfortunately, as time goes on it transforms into a different story or a more lighthearted story. And no one sees it as it really is. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the birth of Christ. And it, we never go into his childhood. We don't know what his childhood was like. Uh, you know, some believe that he performed miracles as a child. Uh, and some claim that there are writings out there for it, which there's not. Um, and if there are writings, they were not uh, considered mechanical by the Jew by uh the Hebrews and by the Jews right. they're thrown out as being apocrypha. Um basically meaning stories that were lies. Um so yeah, I mean when when Jesus was born it was a really dark time. I mean children were murdered because of Jesus because he wanted right. uh King you know, Herod wanted to kill him. 
And it's just very, very bad and gruesome time. But it was that's why Jesus came at that time too, because he's supposed to be this light in all this darkness. He's supposed to bring hope to the people, which he did. And when people heard that the king, the prophecy came true, and that this king uh, was born, it all kind of came into effect right there and then of what was about to happen, what did happen. And we see that later on when he turns 30. And the Gospels, you know, they talk about his birth, and then they jump straight to when he's 30 years old, and he starts his ministry. And he runs that ministry for three years until he's 33 and is eventually crucified. Um, But, yeah. Well, and I I get that the manger is is a little bit more pleasing. I mean, to me, a manger is just just as dirty as a hole in a bar. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I even in the in the Bi- the Bible is is the the manger correct? If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so it, that that's where I'm kind of not understanding. I mean, I get that they have to make it more lighthearted so that the younger yeah. generation and even like somebody you and I if we thought, "Oh god, Christ was born in a bar in a hole." That is mm-hmm. really messed up compared to <laughs> he was born in a manger surrounded by angels and and the wise men and his mother yeah. uh um all that it's it's a little i mean to me is a little bit better image of of Christ than mm-hmm. uh being born in a hole yeah and and yeah the bible does say manger and you know it, it depends on I, I should look into it find out what the actual word is in hebrew or uh aramaic um <clears throat> and maybe that's something i could just touch based on next week um but yeah it, it's written in aramaic the new testament so i could go and find out what the word is used in aramaic for manger and then find out what that word really means because sometimes the translations um right it, yeah. it just depends on how they're translated and just because it says manger in the bible that's only giving part of the story you know so people might come to the conclusion that oh it's a manger well Maybe it's a really nice manger, and, you know, you have all these angels and, you know, these fluffy animals that are all right. kind and you know, whatever and so on and so forth. You, know, you just kind of add to the story, more or less. Um, right. And, you know, and yeah, the Bible isn't extremely descriptive all the time. So, you know, it doesn't go into great detail. It's not a novel, you know. It's history. It's a history book. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> just we've got about ten minutes left just to wrap things up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Shelly was sending me a couple pins on Pinterest. One of them being pictures of old Santa, like kids sitting with Santa, and I swear to God, dude, like the early 1900s must have been the creepiest time ever. Like, these pictures of these Santas, they're all wearing, well, I shouldn't say all. A lot of them are wearing masks, not even just a beard, masks, that almost look like they're made out of human skin. Uh, Some Mm. of them have makeup on that make them look like a devilish-looking clown with with a beard. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, growing up in the early 1900s, I would have been frightened of of Santa Claus or even some of the Halloween costumes that were around in the 1900s way more oh, scarier yeah. than the stuff that are around now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, not I mean, most kids will uh scream and cry for the first time sitting on Santa's lap. Uh there's this one picture that's the head of this little uh, pin. This kid looks like his soul is about to be taken away from him just for sitting on Santa's lap. So um, <laughs> he probably sees uh, Krampus in the background somewhere. <laughs> if that would be one thing, if, if Krampus was in the bra- background, I could see being a little bit disturbing with your costume for Santa Claus, but. <laughs> All these kids, except for one that's smiling with a guy that has a Santa mask on and is basically shoving a present into the kid's gut. Um, that's weird. <laughs> it's just really weird how we've evolved through years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um this is a question off topic because we haven't really gone off topic yet today. Okay. Um, so, you know, you know, we got to go off topic at least once. Okay. And I can't remember exactly what it says because my computer died and I can't look at it. Um, <clears throat> on your Facebook page, for lady, you ladies and gentlemen out there, look up Justin Cancellari. You can check it out. Check his Facebook page. Your, uh, what, what do they call it? Your, uh, your banner or your backdrop or whatever yeah. is a giant sign that says Susan something. Salem, Salem Sioux. Salem, Salem Sioux. That's what it says. Salem Sioux. Yeah. What the heck is that? <laughs> well, because um, I've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> if you look through my other photos, Salem Sioux is this huge cow sculpture that's in Salem, North Dakota. Um, and it's, like this huge thing for for them um let me see if i can even find the picture but there's a picture of me basically holding up salem sue is what it's supposed to look like um but it's this huge like i think she's made out of metal um cow and it's just this big thing in salem Okay. <laughs> so, well, for those of you listening and seeing Eric's video of Ask Questions, even Eric is asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, here's a question I'm posing to you. Are you trying uh, to look like Dean Winchester, or is oh, it just naturally on. coming? <laughs> uh, you know what? <clears throat> the other day, I met with Libby for... Uh, uh, Lunch, I think. Dinner, I don't remember. Um, but we went to Panera, and I showed her some pictures from Lynchburg. And one of the pictures yeah. that she had come across was that particular picture, my profile picture for Facebook. And her exact words were, "Is this a Dean Winchester photo that you're supposed <laughs> to be doing?" And I was like, "What the heck is wrong with everybody? No, it's not supposed to be me pretending to be Dean Winchester." It is me simply being awesome because I was born <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But... Well, even with your little video and and the uh, scruffiness of of your face, which is not you at all, at least not oh, normally. Oh no, you can see how scruffy I am right now. <laughs> I haven't shaved since then. <laughs> I'm really scruffy. It, it's past November, man. You can shave. Yeah, I'm just too lazy, and I kind of like it. <laughs> um, but, okay, to answer your question No, that was not supposed to be Some Dean Winchester interpretation Or whatever photo It just happened to look that way <laughs> I'm serious <laughs> Really? Because you're really pouring it on thick For the Dean Winchester no, lookalike I'm contest honored. I am really honored That you just say that <laughs> Because you all know how much I love Jensen Ackles and his character, uh, Dean Winchester. But uh, no, nope. <laughs> it's a normal picture. No, no, it, I'm, I'm not doing it. It's not on purpose. <laughs> but if there ever is some kind of competition, I'll be more than happy to post it. Honestly, you would win most lookalike contests for Dean Winchester. <laughs> Especially with the the facial hair thing going on, and then the your little eyebrow on. thing in, in your uh, in your profile That's picture, exactly yeah. Exactly what Libby said. What? <laughs> what is this eyebrow thing? I'm not. I have to actually go back and look at some pictures because I don't know what you guys. You're way, you're raising one eyebrow like the Rock, but the way you because you're white first off, and you've got the longer <laughs> the longer face like like Dean. You look like Dean Winchester. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> okay, you know, let's get off the Take topic. it as you know, a compliment. I, I am taking it as a compliment. I'm very, I'm very much so. Um, <laughs> we have less than six minutes before the show ends. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, is a huge show that we're going to be doing. Um, not much unlike today's show. Uh, minus the whole Christmas aspect of it. Whoa, but, we're not going to talk about Christmas? No, we're not going to talk about Christmas. Son of a we, biscuit. I, I know. Well, that's what today was for, you know. <laughs> All the Christmas stuff comes before Christmas. After Christmas, no, really, you know, you don't see Christmas yeah. shows after Christmas. You don't listen to Christmas music after Christmas. Um, so, yeah, no Christmas. We could. If something comes up, that's fine, you know. We're always willing to uh, <laughs> flex the rules a little bit. Um, but no, it's a very special episode, ladies and gentlemen, because we have our New Year's episode, and in particular, our New Year's Eve episode, which would be really nice. And Justin and I will actually be in the same room, in the same house, in the same city. I should have did that in reverse. In the same city, in the same house, in the same room. <laughs> That's a lot like Willy Wonka. You say it one way, you say, wait, <laughs> no, reverse that. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it is going to be an awesome show because you think that sometimes we say silly, stupid things on air now. Wait yeah. until we get to see each other and then are capable of doing things that the other can see. Yeah. Then you get a crazy episode. Yeah. Um, and then I already had add in maybe some of your sister's antics if they're there and yeah. some of our other family members. Yeah. So... <laughs> And you know what? I've already got a few things planned. Oh, and I'm even giving you a heads up on that. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> you know, it's something to look forward to. Are we doing a two-hour episode for that as well, or are we? What are we doing? One-hour episode? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a two-hour episode. Um, I wanted right. to do a giveaway for this one, but uh, just funds-wise and uh, some things coming up, we I decided not to. So, but I think since it's gonna be such a special episode next week, I think we'll do a uh, a Paratruth Radio T-shirt giveaway for next week's episode. All right, that sounds cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and in regards to the topic, it's going to be a free for all, I think, right? Uh, it's going to be a free for all. I think we'll share some uh, clips of previous shows, some of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll have to let me know, you know, some of your favorite episodes, so I can get some clips done of that. Okay, um, yeah. As well as, if you come across any of your EVPs, we can share those as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I can actually go through some of that because I have my EVP stuff here, so we can go through that. Exactly. Uh, and maybe, just an idea, um, maybe we can go through some clips of our own personal shows that we had before Paratruth Radio. Might be interesting if I can... to... Yeah, if I can find some of Parasite Radio, they might be all deleted, but I can definitely double check and I'll go through some Night Soccer's and find some a little bit more Clean cleaner. Ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clean ones, please. Um, yeah, and um, I have all my Forgotten Truth stuff on my uh, computer here, so... Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, on that... No, folks, uh, we are coming to the close for tonight. Uh, This was our Christmas episode. Catch us next week for our New Year's uh, extravaganza, if you will. Um, And it's going to be a really great one. On that vote, on that vote, on that note, (laughs) my name's Justin. And I'm Eric. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.